Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. Well, good morning. I make you welcome along with Scott who was the younger gentleman up here earlier. Um, today, we're going to continue our teaching on prayer. As you know, we started what I told you would be several weeks of prayer discussions um, last week. I don't, I'm calling them prayer discussions because I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a sermon series, except that we're talking about prayer. I feel like we should have multiple conversations about what prayer is, what it looks like, how we should apply it, why God gave it to us, all of these things. Prayer is important. Amen? It is absolutely essential. Important is such a small word. It is essential to the function of the church, both individually and corporately. I don't think that the church lacks for lack of prayer, though. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound right. Because there's plenty of prayer. If I asked everybody in this room, did you pray this week? Most everybody would say yes. I would, I would hope that you're not lying to me. So certainly there are people in the room that are praying all the time. Where the church lacks is in our lack of spirit-led prayer. We pray according to our flesh. We pray out of our intellect. We want to prove to God how smart we are or show Him how strong we are. And so we only ask those things that we know we can typically accomplish on our own anyway. But let me tell you, God's never called us to anything that we could accomplish on our own. There should be a gap between our ability and God. And that gap is filled with prayer led by the Spirit. In prayer, led by the Spirit, God takes that gap and pulls it down into your hand so that you can be empowered to accomplish that which He's called us to accomplish. It's impossible any other way. Amen? So I want to talk to you today about Spirit-led prayer. Now, what I'm not going to talk to you, I want you to make sure it's nuanced, really, but I want you to pay attention I absolutely believe in praying in the Spirit in regard to praying in tongues. I believe that there's no place in Scripture that I can find or have ever been able to find that says that it doesn't exist, that anything that the first century church had, we don't have. I believe that we still have the ability to do that and that every believer can do that in a private prayer language. And some are even gifted to do it congregationally. But I'm not talking about praying in the Spirit. I am talking about spirit-led prayer. They're two different things. Amen? All right. Thank you, girl. I got one amen. Oh, that's why we do family worship, because they listen to me. Right? So that's why I want to talk to you today about spirit-led prayer. The commandment in Scripture is to pray in the Spirit. There are benefits to praying in the Spirit. And here's some of them. 
Being led by the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Any of you guys ever feel weak? You're not sure why you're weak? You don't know what to say? You're praying? It doesn't seem to have any effect, any power? It's not accomplishing anything? Or you're so saddened, defeated, or insert issue here that you can't seem to even focus in prayer? You know what you need to be doing? You need to be asking God by the power of His Holy Spirit to lead you into that prayer. Because this is what the Bible says. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, that's, that's in context, that means through the hope it offers during our suffering. The hope that is offered to us in our suffering, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. I don't know how to pray as I should. None of us know how to pray as we should because we should pray according to the will of God. And we can't know the will of God without the Spirit of God. But the Spirit Himself intercedes. That means stands in the gap for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So He helps us in our weakness by praying or leading us to pray when we don't even know what we're praying for. I've been in this situation. I know my heart's heavy. I know something's going on in, in my personal spirit or in the church. I don't know exactly what it is. I haven't been able to put my finger on it, but I go to my prayer closet, which is just my office. I go to my office. I lay on the floor, and sometimes because I don't know what to say, I don't say anything. I either just weep or groan. And you know what I believe? I believe God hears that prayer in an articulate way like he understands because he placed that burden on me he understands what it is i'm praying for he helps me in my weakness when i'm not strong enough to do it on my own when i'm not smart enough to do it on my own when i don't have the perspective or the experience that god has which i don't none of us do he helps us in our weakness where we lack praise god and for that reason, we should be asking God to lead us by His Spirit in prayer. Not in our flesh. But there's more benefits. Faith is built when we're led by the Spirit to pray. The Bible says this, Jude 1.20, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That means pray in His power and ability, not your own. Pray in the Spirit while being led by the Spirit, and your faith will be built. So I'm Polish, right? Which means I have a hard time grasping simple concepts and ideas. If any of y'all are Polish, don't be mad. You know I'm telling the truth. And so I ask myself simple questions all the time. How is it that praying, being led by the Spirit, and in the Spirit builds my faith? Because as I'm praying while being led by the Spirit, I know that I am, according to the verses I read you before, praying according to the will of God. Amen? When I pray according to the will of God, the promises of the Word of God are that God will hear that prayer and answer that prayer. 
that he'll give me the desires of my heart as long as they're aligned with the desires of his heart. And so I pray for something while being led by the Spirit. It actually happens, and because it just happened where previously it seemed impossible that it could happen, my faith is built that God hears my prayers. Amen? Also, that we need to pray the Word of God. My prayers build my faith as I pray the Word of God. I don't just tell you guys all the time. Can you all do me a favor? Could you read your Word? Read your Word. Read your Word. Read your Word. Seems like I'm on constant repeat. Read your Word. Read your Word. Read your Word. Do you know why? Because you need to be able to keep God in remembrance of what He's told you, of the promises that He's given you. And when you keep Him in remembrance of the promises that He gives you, He's obligated to do what He says because He's perfect. He's not a man that He should lie. And through preaching the Word back to Him in prayer, you're reminding Him of what He says. Not necessarily that He needs reminding, but you get the idea. That prayer becomes answered, and in that answered prayer, I build my faith. Or the Spirit builds my faith. But it has to start right here. God's determined will for your life is right here. People say, well, man, I feel the Spirit tell me to do something. If it contradicts the Word of God, God, Spirit didn't tell you nothing. I digress. While being led by the Spirit, we are taught. 1 John 2.27 As for you, the anointing. The anointing is a big word. Don't get freaked out by that. It just means the presence of God. The manifest presence of God is the anointing. Sidebar, you guys ever seen anybody slain in the Spirit? Like somebody touch them and they they fall out in the Spirit? That freaks some of y'all out? Let Let me demystify that for you so you understand what that is. God anoints, places His Spirit on someone. And that Spirit is resting so heavily on that individual, that when he reaches out and touches another individual, that same anointing moves to that person that that individual is praying for, and he can't, he or she can't stand under the weight of an almighty God. It's not scary. It's not spooky. It's God showing up on your behalf and saying, don't worry, I got this. I'll carry you. You just sit down for a minute because you can't carry what I'm holding for you. Amen. So anyway, anointing. Don't let the word freak you out. As for you, the anointing which you receive from him aids in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and it is true and it is not a lie, and as it is, and just as it was taught you, you abide in him. The Holy Spirit will teach you what you need to pray about if you submit yourself to spirit-led prayer. I love that because I don't know what I should pray about a lot of times. A lot of times my prayers start with, God, I submit this time to you. What would you have for me? With an intent before I even open my mouth to say yes to whatever that is. And he will teach you how to get whatever that is done. By reminding you of the Word of God. I'm going to keep going back to that because that's important. I don't see how people come to church, they got their Bible in their hand, it's all nice. Five years later, they got the same Bible, it's still all nice. Because it just sits literally between Sunday morning and Sunday 
or Sunday afternoon to the next Sunday morning in the back seat of their car. Read your Bible. All right. These are some of the benefits. It's not an exhaustive list. That it builds our faith, that we're taught, that we're helped in our weakness. Sadly, when we pray according to our flesh, we displace the benefits and the blessings of prayer. Because we think in our own power we're capable of doing it. But the fact of the matter is, we're not capable of accomplishing anything in our own power. It's by the Spirit that we're provoked to salvation. It's by the Spirit that we walk in holiness. It's by the Spirit that we submit to God in all things. It's by the Spirit that we crucify the flesh. It's by the Spirit that we have a hope of eternity with Christ Jesus. It's by the Spirit we have all things, or at least an understanding of all things that has been provided for us in Christ Jesus. So let's trust the Lord in Spirit-led prayer. I, I tire of praying prayers in the flesh. Can I tell you I've done that? Some of y'all, yeah, I know, I've heard you. <laughs> you get up here and y'all, and the, ugh, and you just you just feel the tension in you, because you're you haven't released yourself to the Spirit of God. You're a through, not to. The Spirit should be speaking through you. Well, that's good. Y'all y'all gonna get how good that is in a minute. How do we accomplish this? How do we accomplish moving out of our intellect into our heart in prayer? More specifically, because prayer is also an intellectual process, but primarily a spiritual process, how do we tether our brain to our heart to pray as we ought? And to answer that question, I'm going to say submit our brains and our hearts to being led by the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? That's great. You told me to be led by the Spirit. What does that look like? How do I do it? How do I ensure that I'm doing it? So let me start with a definition. Prayer, Spirit-led prayer is a prayer that is in submission to the divine help of the Holy Spirit. You know, oh yeah, right on, Pastor Jim. That clears things right up. Right? All I want you to listen to is, two, is just a couple of words out of that sentence. Submission to the divine will of God. Submission first, though. You have to be humble, man. You have to recognize you don't have it. That you don't have what it takes to accomplish what God needs you to accomplish on your own. You have to be willing to prostrate yourself before the Lord and say, like everything else we receive from God, God, I don't have that which you have for me. And I trust you to give it to me. You want to be a person that's led by the Spirit in your prayers? Admit that you can't do it on your own. Say, Lord, I can't do it. I submit myself to your divine direction. Can you please show me what you would have me pray for? That's spirit-led prayer in a nutshell. And when we do that, we're promised some things that the Holy Spirit will lead us and enlighten us. 
John 16, 13. I know I'm reading a lot of verses to you today, but I want to make sure you know I'm not speaking out of my head. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears. Who's He hearing from? He's hearing from the Father. He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. How many of you guys could stand that? Love to know what's coming? Love to know what's happening right now? You don't think God has perspective enough to understand what's going on right now? Absolutely. He's transcendent. He's above all things. He's not looking at the little 100-meter circle around himself like we do. He's literally looking at all of time all at the same time and saying, this is what you need to be doing to ensure that you're within my will and accomplishing my purpose. I need my mind enlightened by the power of the Holy Spirit because I, I'm not smart enough. Not only that, but He reminds us of the promises of God. John fourteen twenty six. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. This is Jesus talking. He hadn't left yet. He's telling him, I, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I need you to just relax. Well, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. All that I said to you. There are times in my life when I, my world's upside down. I don't know if you guys know this. Maybe you do. I don't know if I've shared this or not. From time to time, I struggle with depression. Angela will tell you that. Not very often, but there are times when two or three days in a row, I may not want to get out of bed. I just want to cover my head up. I don't have any explanation for it. I'm blessed beyond measure. But my spirit's just so heavy, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And so I decide I'm not going to do anything. But you know what's beautiful about this? God reminds me by the Holy Spirit of the, of the promises He's made over my life. And you know what always gets me out of that funk? Always, without exception, is I come to a place where I'm like, you know what? God didn't create me for this. God created me to be passionate. God called me to peace. God called me to provision. God is my firm foundation. God is my strong tower. If anyone is for me, if God is for me, who can be against me? I start repeating the promises of God. He is the banner of victory over my life. It doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. It doesn't matter my life situation, my job, my family. It doesn't matter. The promises of God are true, and the Holy Spirit will bring those things to remembrance in you. But again, you've got to read your word to know what those are. He says remembrance, which means you will have had to have heard them, read them, some point for them to be remembered. God's not going to be all, you're not going to read your Bible? That's cool. I'm just going to supernaturally implant this in your brain. We serve an if-then God. If you'll read the Word, He'll be faithful to it. Well, He's going to be faithful to His Word anyway. But He'll bring it to your remembrance if you read it, if you hear it, if you submit yourself to it. He intercedes for us. He guides as He counsels us. I want to read you a text, which is pretty amazing to me. 
Spirit-led prayer will guide us and counsel us. There's a story freaks me out, man. In Acts chapter 16, 6 through 10, it reads like this. They, that's Paul and his accompaniment, passed through the, through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak, in, to speak the word in Asia. And after that, they came to Mysia. They were trying to get into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them to do that either. I added, and that either. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Trous. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia was standing and appealing to him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God called us to preach the gospel to them. Listen to this. Spirit-led prayer is important, or you're going to get yourself in places you should never be. Doing stuff you should never be doing. They tried to go to Phrygia and Galatia. They were passing through there because God told them, don't go speak the gospel in Asia. Well, that doesn't make any sense. We're supposed to go all over the world. Why wouldn't they go to Asia? Why would the Holy Spirit not send them to Asia? Because the God that we serve is sovereign and wasn't ready for them to receive yet for a reason we may not ever understand. The fact of the matter is, the Spirit told them don't go there. Then they went somewhere else. The Spirit told them don't go there. Then they went somewhere else and the Spirit said, go now that you're here, go to Macedonia. Why do I tell you that? Because spirit-led prayer ensures that the time that God put us on the earth, the finite time that God put us on the earth, we're used to the greatest capacity we can be used. They could have gone to Asia. They could have gone to some of these other places. But let me tell you, God will be most glorified in Macedonia because that's what God's concerned with. Spirit-led prayer glorifies God and leads and directs us. Amen? Am I getting to y'all at all? Submit to the Lord, Spirit, in prayer. Submit. I can't do this on my own. I don't want to do this on my own. Do you know how hard it is to do it on your own? Well, of course you do. We all know how hard it is to do on our own because we've all tried to do it on our own. So the question remains, though, how can I know if I'm being led by, my spirit, led by the Spirit of God in me? I've got three, three ways in which you can know, and they're going to be very short. Here's how I can know if I'm being led by the Spirit. Is what, am I, is, is what I am doing glorifying to God in the name of Jesus? Of all the things that the Spirit does, the greatest thing that the Spirit does is glorifies the name of Jesus. Did you catch that? Let me tell you, if you ever decide to leave Launch Point Church, if God calls you somewhere else, that's great. But if you ever sit there and they give you some speech or some talk or something that never mentions the name of Jesus, you need to leave that place because the Holy Spirit isn't there. Because the Holy Spirit declares and glorifies the name of Jesus. And so I would ask, what the Spirit is asking me to do, does it glorify Jesus or does it glorify me? 
Oh, that's good. Secondly, is it for someone else's benefit? Pastor Rick used to tell me this all the time. I say used to, like this week. It ain't about you. It ain't about you. If most of your prayers are self-centric and not other-centric, you're probably not being led by the Spirit because God placed you here for a purpose, and that purpose wasn't to raise yourself up. It's to serve and love others as Christ served and loved us. Amen? So I would ask myself, is what I'm doing glorifying the name of Jesus? Is it to the benefit of others? And then finally, is it something I'm unable to think about or stop praying about? Can I, can I not get rid of it? You guys ever been like that? I'm going to pray about this for just a second. A couple hours later, you're thinking about it again. You pray about it. You think about it again. You think about it again. You think about it again. And you can't get rid of it. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit wasn't done with you praying about it when you stopped the first time. He will seize you. And I know this from personal experience. Some of you have heard this story before, but let me tell you about the, the, the most significant time that I know that I was obedient to Spirit-led prayer. Probably the second time I knew that I was being led by the Spirit in prayer. Angela's cousin recently got married. They're a beautiful young couple. They have, what, like six kids now or something? Anyway, a couple days after they got married, maybe a week, Cat gets out of the house. He wants to prove he's a good husband, that he's a man that he can provide and take care of. So he climbs a tree after this cat because that's what dudes do, right? He gets to the top of this tree, reaches out for the cat, trips off the branch he's on, falls down the tree, hits multiple branches, and breaks his back in multiple places. Doctor says he's never going to walk again never going to feed himself again, never going to bathe himself again. When we got the word, the doctor was physically teaching the wife how for the rest of their life, and they're in their early 20s at this time, how for the rest of their life she was going to have to take care of him. And I can I tell you, I got mad. Righteously indignant is okay. Because this is anti-promises of God on their life. They are both Christian, young men and women. I believe that God's capable of healing. And so I went to my prayer closet, which, again, is just my office. I don't, I don't know why I should say my office. It makes me feel more spiritual to say prayer closet, I guess. And I got, I'm going to say I had a, a David and God conversation. Y'all ever hear David and you ever read the Psalms? David's all... How are you going to let this happen? You promised me this, and this is what happened, and yada, yada, yada. And David gets all crazy because he trusts God to answer his prayers. I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed for about an hour. Honestly, I didn't know what else I could pray without repeating myself and even began to do that. And the Spirit of God, just as loudly as if it was audible, although it wasn't, said, Call them, tell them he will be perfectly healed in one year's time. Now, you got to understand what position that puts me in. Man, I either heard from God or I didn't. 
And if I didn't and I relay that news, I'm going to destroy their hope and their faith. Or give them hope that they shouldn't be hoping for. So I made Angela call them. <laughs> and I, I told her what to say. She said it. And they were pretty kind of just, okay, thank you, God bless. You know, they're good Christian people. But they, they weren't sure exactly what to do with the information. Literally, while she's talking to the father of that woman, they're teaching her how to take care of her husband. One year later, we called. Of course, we had been in constant contact. But I wanted to make sure to call that, that one year later, and I couldn't talk to him because he was humping up and down the mountains of Montana elk hunting. That's the God we serve. When we submit ourselves to the Spirit in prayer, God shows out because it's about God anyway. It glorifies the name of Jesus, and it's other-centric. Amen? So, I'm out of time, but I'm going to take an extra five minutes because there's three things I think that's important that you understand. And these three things come out of Acts chapter 4 in regard to prayer, specifically spirit-led prayer. Chapter 4, starting in verse 24, 23, says this, When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. I'm going to stop right there because when they had been released, that means from prison. They were in prison for preaching the name of Jesus. When they preached the name of Jesus, 5,000 people were added. What is, what's that? How many? 5,000 under one session of preaching. Let me tell you something. You think you can't make a difference? You can make a difference. The same spirit that lives in them lives in you. The same God that wants to save them wants to save the people around you. So anyway, 5,000 people are saved. It gets the attention of the scribes and the Pharisees. They bring them into court, put them in, or they put them in jail. Then they get them out of jail and they tell them this. We're going to let you go. You better not be talking about the name of Jesus around here anymore. And so they're all. And they're walking off and they go tell their buddies. And this is what happens in 24. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. First thing I want to tell you, the, the thing that I think it's important that we understand, that spirit-led prayers are prayers that enjoy, that bring joy, rest, and confidence. Rest or joy first. It says, And when they heard this, they lifted their voice with one accord. You know how you get in one accord? In Christ Jesus. We are one. They were able to pray in one accord, which means they prayed by the Spirit. And it created joy in them to know that God showed out on their behalf because they were in the business of killing people back in those days for talking about Jesus. They didn't kill them. They just said, don't do it. Can I tell you that didn't work out? Because the further on in chapter 5, it says they did it again. They put them in prison again. They said, didn't we tell you not to talk about Jesus? And they said, who would you have us? Who, who should we listen to? You or God? And they get mad and let them go again. Essentially, they end up getting let go again. 
That's the power of the God we serve. Amen? This should bring us joy. Because it brings us into a place of intimacy with God. A place of communion with God. That's what prayer is. Communion with God. I'm not talking about taking the elements. I'm talking about intentional, relational time with the Lord that's only available because Christ Jesus came, lived a perfect life, absorbed the wrath of God, took our place on the cross because that's the death that we deserve. That's the debt that our sin paid for. That's the debt that His perfect life took from us so that we wouldn't have to pay it. It's through Him that we have a hope. All of the things, it's Him that intercedes on our behalf. It's, it's why we pray to Jesus. It's why we don't pray to Mary Mother or Saint so-and-so or whoever. We pray to Jesus. You know why? Because those other people didn't die a perfect death having lived a perfect life so that I could have a perfect relationship with a perfect God. Only Jesus did that. Anything else is blasphemy. I don't know what your background is, but I will tell you, anything else is blasphemy. But we don't only get to enjoy communion with God. We get, in spirit-led prayers, to rest in the sovereignty of God. Did you know God is all-powerful? That He's in control of all things? Did you know that? You're all, some of us have a theology that says, well, God's not in control of everything. God is in control of everything. He has the authority to be in control of everything. Now, in His sovereignty, He determined to give us free will, but it was His sovereign choice to do that. This next text, it says, after they began to pray, this is their prayer. O Lord, it is You who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they're all, You created it all. It's in all. You're through all. You created everything. And we find proof of this throughout Scripture, starting in Genesis. Who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of the Father David, servant, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage, and the people devise futile things, and the kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ? So he's saying, you created it all. You're sovereign over all. You do whatever it is you want to do. Why is it? That the Gentiles rage, devise futile plans. Why do rulers gather together against you, against Christ? Don't they know that it's not going to make any difference, that your will's going to be done? That's the blessing of being praying in the, or being led by the Spirit in prayer, is that we get to rest in the fact that it doesn't matter who comes against us, what comes against us, what plans the enemy has for us. We serve a sovereign God who created all things, and because He created all things, He gets to control all things, and because He controls all things and He loves you, He's going to watch after you and keep the promises He's given over you. Man, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. so good and then finally spirit led prayers are confident bold prayers and why wouldn't they be we serve a sovereign God and this is what it says and now Lord take note of their threats and grant your bond servants may speak your word with confidence Still part of their prayer. 
Lord, listen to what they're saying about us. Listen to the threats they've given to us. Let your bond spur servants speak with the word, speak your word with all confidence. That's my prayer over you. That in your spirit-led prayers, you be given a confidence like you've never had. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus, have confidence and boldness in the fact that those things that you state according to the word of God are true because God's not a liar, that he's still capable of healing, that he's still capable of lifting up. He's still capable of doing whatever it is he's determined to do. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That means refilled with the Holy Spirit. Just so you know, all these people were previously filled with the Spirit. In circles, Pentecostal circles especially, we concern ourselves with the second experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't have a problem with that. But you should be praying for a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and a seventh and a twenty-seventh. Because we need to, according to Paul, fan into flame the gift that's been given by the laying on of hands. You want to keep your fire, you better keep it stoked. So by filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. That's my prayer. That's my hope. That we get to a place where we're so confidently prayerful and spirit-led that we know that whatever we ask God for, He will give us because He placed it in our heart to pray it in the first place. Amen? Let's pray.